Welcome back to your favorite podcast. It's the No Class Podcast with your lovely hosts Eddie and Matt. Hey Matt, how you doing? Fantastic. How are you, good sir? Incredible. Awesome. We need some more uh, positive words there. Triumvirate. Uh, splendiferous. Fantastical. Extracalidocious. <laughs> all right, well, we'll cut all this out. Please. Let's talk about my favorite topic. Which is? The long con. Wow. It is officially three weeks out now, mm -hmm. so we can say it was a big success. Yeah. <laughs> we're not COVID-con. We were not a super spreader event. Yeah, exactly. Thank God. Yeah, we were, we were, we were definitely concerned, you know. Yeah. Very. There was, there's always a risk. You've got to factor in everybody's safety. Right. And I didn't want to start crowing about it yeah. until we had some time to say, all right, everybody's safe. Yeah. And, but when we're glad, but, and I mean, to toot our own horn, we followed all of the, you know, the things that we've all become you know, accustomed to now and just love. But yeah, had, I had a great time. I've gotten some good feedback from some of our attendees and special guests and whatnot, like the incomparable. Gary Oliver? Yes, and Z, or GTO as we're going to start calling him, Gangster Meister GTO. But uh, yeah, I, I call it a success, all An things considered. qualified success, because yeah, I mean, we're unqualified to do this. I, I will say, so many people put the bar so very low, so really, it wasn't that hard to succeed. I think it was one of the more fun cons. Well, because we weren't working our asses off. Yeah, right? um, and there was lots of freebies. Oh yeah, which, you know, I love giving... You know, so. I heard that that book by, a, what is it, Shel Silverstein, The Giving Tree, was originally written about you. It was, it was. But I think they called it The Taking Tree. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, somebody did a book called The Taking Tree, I think. But anyway, ha-ha. I'm guessing it's a parody. Um, but yeah, no. I, and you know what's funny? As crazy as it sounds, I'm already thinking about November. November. But it's December. I know. And you're already thinking about next November. I am. Actually. You're thinking about April? Not well. I am actually. That's when the vaccine should roll out. Yeah. And, yeah. And they're saying that hopefully. Well, I won't go into that. But there's a lot of information that I've made myself aware of and studied, for you know whatever reasons that. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. See, we don't have to be politically controversial on this episode because we're going to be controversial in other ways. We may be kicked out of gaming circles for this one. Yeah, we may be this one. Ooh. Anyway, but I'm kind of excited about it. I think this could be a very good topic. Yeah, I'm glad you're excited. I'm not that I'm not. I, I'm generally excited on. Well, I have an even keel. I think about the whole thing. You maybe have those peaks and valleys more. Anyway, I'm glad you're enthused for this one because I think it comes across. Like if we're enthusiastic, it's infectious. Uh, yeah, but now I'm enthusiastic and you're not. Yeah, we'll Catch see. the fever. <laughs> we got to quit saying it. fever, infectious. It's 2020. We can't use these words anymore. You know? I made the virus video. Exactly. We might go viral. <laughs> All right. Carry on, sir. Hey, how about some books? Good. I'm glad you Pop mentioned books. Pop culture moment. I want to try to blow Half your hour. mind and try to even find a comic or something to read, but I wasn't quite that industrious. That would be like me reading a book. I know, but I will say, I mean, for this time, I really wanted to try to knock it out of the park in that regard, um, and I just need to find my notes. Hopefully. I'd be a lot more impressed by you reading a book than reading a comic book. Well, and I did read a book, so there you go. Well, there finally. you go. Yeah. Um, I'm not impressed by my comic book reading. Well, I, that's kind of the oh, oh. 
Not that it's not an art form, but I will read instead of like, I won't read a novel. Mm -hmm. I'll read a magazine. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to read a magazine. I'm going to read a comic. I'm not going to read this. I'm going to read an article yeah. and just kind of the, you're going down the hierarchy of yeah. things there. Well, what's interesting, I don't think I ever mentioned this. So there's a young gentleman who has the coolest of names, Matt, who works at um, a GSMC as one of the transport guys. Really super nice guy. He's cool. And I noticed he had certain tattoos that would kind of put him in the nerd culture. So I talked to him about Long Con at one time. And even if you don't like gaming, come out for the vendors, blah, blah, blah. And so he sent me a request. I Facebook friended him. Well, like, he must have listened to at least one of our podcasts because he said, so, He hates you now. Yeah. He said, you guys are into comics. And he said, he recommended we should check out, because I mentioned. Gideon Falls. Yeah, Gideon Falls. Did I already talk about yeah. this? This is sad. I haven't okay. checked it out yet. Anyway, and I need to, because he said it was similar to the Harrow County that I had mentioned. So anyway, yeah, that's a whole other side note. All right, so a book. Okay. Yes, so an actual book. A while back, I had mentioned Sinner Dead. It was a Gamma World novel that was written back in 2011 after, I think, 7th edition Gamma World came out. So a lot of times they're going to sell books to tie into promoting the game. And uh, most people would agree Gamma World 7 was a but um the novel is not bad now there's two it turns out one's called like red sails in the wastelands and i have to think from what i've read that might have been the better of the two to pick up but zuner dead's not bad the pace is a bit slow in the first part of the book i wasn't entirely engaged with the characters that much um and not really as gonzo as i would expect a novel based on gamma world especially seventh edition was kind of over-the-top gonzo still overall it's not bad it's had a decent story i'll give it three out of five mushroom clouds wow that's pretty impressive yeah so there you go all right so that's me for books all right i got a couple okay one that i will never get tired of beating in the ground and you should check this one out immortal hulk oh yeah the comics the comics yeah, yeah i'm into comics yeah i'll let you guys know when i actually break down and read a book again I, yeah. i'll read all day long but it'll be garbage i mean uh, like on reddit or something like that it's oh like, yeah garbage. if you read a book yeah you know it's the same amount of reading sure i don't know anyway Just, yeah. people's attention spans nowadays yeah i know what a world we go into the whole thing but this immortal hulk and i already told you about this one sets up a fight with the thing yeah from fantastic four which so, that's always cool so, so last time it was you know what time it is and we're leading in so did you get did and that next one hasn't come out yet oh man but, Typically, this sent me down a rabbit hole Hole of who wins a fight the most, like Hulk versus Hulk, Thing. I mean, the Hulk. The thing, yeah. thing has his senses, but the Hulk, the matter he gets. Over the long, fight goes long and long, he gets stronger. The matter he gets, the, historically. The Thing doesn't have unlimited power. Exactly. He's got a cap. Yeah. Whereas most of the Hulks, and that gets into a whole weirdness that some of them yeah. can do it and some of them can't do it. Yeah. But yeah, the matter Hulk gets, the stronger Hulk he, gets. Exactly. So... Like nine out of ten times, it's not ten out of ten. Yeah. Hulk's gonna kick Thing's butt, right? And most of the time he kicks Thor's butt, oh, yeah. and most of the time he kicks Hercules' butt, and et cetera and well, so forth. I don't know if I told you as a kid, I had the crossover that it was Superman and Spider-Man versus Doctor Doom and uh, the Hulk. And of course, Superman's fighting the Hulk, and initially he's holding his own, but he's smart enough to realize this thing's getting stronger and stronger. Eventually, he'll overpower me. So he used his brain to neutralize the Hulk's greater strength. I think he took him into orbit where he'd pass out, you know, or whatever. So. Well, I think in the modern day, Hulk is actually stronger than Superman. Oh, yeah. I mean, because they've continued it. to increase Hulk and. Mm -hmm. 
bring down Superman a little yeah, bit. Yeah, make him a little more street level down to earth kind of. Yeah. But that's Marvel's kind of like, we call it power creep or whatever. Yeah. Every time something comes out, they've always got to keep the Hulk above Superman or comparable with Superman well, if they I remember can. like when Wolverine got more and more popular. If you go back to his first showing, his little spikes from his hands are like little nub spikes. Then I remember what he, his greatest height, like the things were like four feet long. Like where did they go to a dimension in his forearm or something? When they well, he wasn't that track. strong and powerful either. Yeah. He was quicker, but. Yeah. But I mean, it was always silly how longer and longer Wolverine's claws got with his popularity. It's like, wait a minute. Anyway. Yeah. Immortal Hulk, still fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's getting closer and closer to wrapping up, which is kind of cool. It's only got five, ten episodes or issues left. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, 90% of it is done, and it's been incredible. So, mm-hmm. if they stick the landing, this will be one of the all-time greats. Awesome. Wow. And I think last time we were talking about how we weren't that big of a Hulk fan. Yeah. It's like, eh, the Immortal Hulk. Well, do you know about the Maestro? Yes. So, the Maestro is future Hulk. Mm-hmm. In some other realm, it's mm-hmm. an evil future Hulk. Mm-hmm. So he just picked up a limited uh, five issue series for the five are out. I've read them. That's also really good. Huh. So I may have to shut my mouth and go like, Hey, I love the Hulk. Is it the same guys or different guys? Oh, it's different guys. Yeah. So well, interesting. There's this Hulk Renaissance at, at Marvel. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. And it's not totally Avengers related. This yeah. is some kind of off the beaten path stuff. So it's like historic, like the Hulk was in the Avengers, the Hulk was in the defenders, you know? So I think that's where like he, even if he didn't have his own comic, he got a lot of play in these other comics, Avengers, yeah. defenders, which is interesting. He was in two different super, you don't hear about the defenders much. No. And what's funny, guess who used to collect defenders? Yeah. And always <laughs> pretty much. If there's something you're like, encourage me not to get on board because it's fortunes will wane or well, something. Yeah. I was the guy that would read the West coast Avengers too. Oh, wow. You remember them? Yeah, because that had uh, Wonder Man, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, for part of it. And then it had, uh, instead of Iron Man, it had War Machine. Uh-huh. Hawkeye was over there. I think he was like the big star for a while. Yeah, so. And uh, getting close to reading an actual book. Mm-hmm. As you know, I've read the Dune series before many, many times. Mm-hmm. I found a Dune graphic novel. Ooh. So it's fantastic. Right you, up your alley. Yeah, if you don't want to break down and read the books, that graphic novel is out. It's 200 pages of high-quality illustrations. Oh, wow. Really good. Uh, It follows along with the movie pretty well. The the good movie. Yeah, the original, geez, what was that, 1984, 80-something movie? Yeah, but the one, um, David Lynch, yeah. But it's been two graphic novels so far, which is probably 200-something pages, Mm -hmm. and they're only to where the Harkonnens have attacked them. Oh, wow. So, I mean, there's a lot. This is going to have to be a massive undertaking just to do the first book. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend it to you. If you're interested in Dune and you want to check it out, there's another way to get into it. Cool. Neat. Well, that's a good tip. Thanks, man. All right. How about some movies? All right. So, we'll do movies and then TV. Yep. Okay. So, movies. So, a lot of times I'll, for whatever it's worth, like type into the computer. They'll Google box like top 10, you know, fancy movies, da, 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 just to get some things that might interest me you know or whatever well a number of times when i put in like top 10 post apoc movies not every list but a number of lists they've mentioned a movie called turbo kid now when i say turbo kid what do you think of turbo kid i think of turbo teen the old 80s cartoon exactly or something or even like wasn't there like a movie that came out some years ago that was like lava boy and shark girl or something yeah. it's disney and it's real kitty fight or whatever with their little superheroes so that's what my mind conjured up. 
Um, so I'd always thought, oh, whatever. So, wow, somebody made a children's movie that's post-apocalyptic? No. And this is not a kid's movie. The kid is called Turbo Kid, and he's this kid who somehow maintained his innocence in the wastelands. But, no, I mean, every, every other word is, there's a, there's a lot of profanity in it. Oh, my. And there's a lot of, hev- just, this is the funny part. I was going to say, okay. So, Turbo Kid, it's, 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 it's an okay movie. It's very cheesy, but they're not taking themselves seriously. It's really kind of campy. And I'll tell you, it gets four out of five stars on Prime, which it's free with Prime, but that says something also. And Michael Ironside is the villain, which is a classic B-movie villain or character, even though he, you know, uh, a Total Recall wasn't a B-movie. He was one of the main villains. I like Michael Ironside. He's, he's kind of iconic. Wasn't he in Highlander 2? As he, in the number two, not he, yeah, also? Yeah, he probably was. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He's been in a lot of, you know, interesting. Verging on the border of yeah, you know, something I mean, and nothing. Yeah. But um, this movie came out in 2015. And, um, but like the, like there's that over the top, like think, um, Money Python's Holy Grail, like when they cut off the arm of the Black Knight. I mean, there's these big gouts of super fake looking, like this is not blood, but there's all this viscera and guts that it's, but it's way overdone. Like at one point, he blasts somebody in two, and the torso lands on another guy's head, <laughs> and the legs fly land on another guy's. I mean, it's, and it's, it's absolutely doesn't take itself seriously, even though it's the grim, you know, the grim dark of the post apocalypse, but. Eh, you know, and I mean, he meets an android, and she's ditzy, and you know, I mean, it. You know, it's one of those ones that it's not great, but they never. You could tell they tongue in cheek. They weren't taking themselves seriously. I enjoyed it. So there you go. So how many mushroom clowns does it get? I'll give it two, eh, two and a half, three. You wow. know, two and a half, three. So yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, here's my movie, and movies are the same way. I'll sit there and watch stupid YouTube videos all day, but sitting down and watching a movie, I got to kind of talk myself into it, force myself into it. This one's been on my list for a long time. Snowpiercer. Oh yeah. I've watched that long time ago. Yeah. See, that's been on my list for a long time. It's just been staring at me. Do you know they made a show out of it? Like a reoccurring TV show for TNT or something? I think so. And I think there might be something else coming up where it was like, I should watch this now. Which was a graphic novel originally, a manga or something, wasn't it? I think think it was a novel, but I won't swear to it. I think it started out as a novel. Okay. But, yeah, I don't know. Some of our listeners can look that up and let us know. That would be really nice. So, what did you think about the old Snowpiercer? I enjoyed it. I mean, aspects of it, for sure. This gets back into one of our little topics. I don't know how much we've talked about it here, but you have a post-apocalyptic future and you have a dystopian future. Yeah. So, that one, I guess, is technically classified as a post-apocalyptic, but I would also say it's dystopian. Yeah. Because the dystopian is when it's kind of you, if there's a rebellion, mm-hmm. if you're fighting against the system sort of thing. Yeah. Because at the con, we, I got talking to somebody and they were trying to, I say post-apoc, and they're like, oh, you mean like a shadow run? And I'm like, no, that's dystopian. You know, you're fighting against the man in the dark future. There hasn't really been an apocalypse. For, I mean, there was this event that happened. Anyway, I'm going down a rabbit hole. But yeah, so. Okay, so just to not give you too many spoilers on this, mm-hmm. uh, they're all on a train, which is that, that's the snow piercer. Mm-hmm. The world is frozen over, which mm-hmm. is a little different concept. Yeah, and, luckily they went something different. Yeah, instead of, it's another desolate desert, we've or been zombies, nuked. yeah. Because I will say in uh, Turbo Kid, acid rain has destroyed the world, you know, whatever. So it's, the water's tainted. You know, it's either like the water's gone or it's tainted or whatever. 
But one thing I want to mention to you is, do you remember their little protein gelatin bar things that they were eating? Oh, sure. Like, who didn't know? But, yeah, so it's kind of like Soylent Green. Mm. It's one of these things that they're eating this protein gelatin bar sort of thing, and they don't know what it's made out of. Mm-hmm. And then they find out what it's made of. Do you remember that part? Yeah. Well, along with Soylent Green, you'd be like, oh, they must be eating people. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. I won't give you the spoiler, I guess. It's not yeah. a huge spoiler, but it is treated as a reveal in the movie. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with eating that. Right. Out of all the things you could be eating. Because you were waiting to think it's going to be people. You exactly. Figured, but that's been done, so at least they didn't go, you know. But anyway. So they went a different route. Mm-hmm. Check it out if you want to know what that is. But mm-hmm. if I found out that kind of like you're eating some mystery item and it was like, it's this, I'd be like, oh, thank God. But that's what I always laugh when I see people talking about like, I would never eat X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, you've never been starving in your life, you little jackwad. If you were starving to death, you would eat X, Y, Z, W, whatever. Don't sit here. And if not, then good. You'd fall over dead and I'd live because I would eat X, Y, Z, whatever. I'm like, give me a break. But anyway, people, fair. <laughs> so I'll give Snowpiercer a three and a half to a four, and you wow. might go probably lower than that. I don't know. I'd probably give it a three. Yeah. It's yeah. not the best thing ever, and I think yeah. Matt's got a lower scale than me. <laughs> I He's have more that, inclined. I have that odd scale where I zoom, I'm targeting in usually around the two, three, four area. You're going to be hard-pressed to get a really bad review out of me. I'm not that guy, but, you know, I mean, a one or a five. I'm not apt to, to praise something overly high or, you know, or. Well, really since I'm praising it. everything right now, mm-hmm. let me slam something right real quick, oh, just wow. since it made me think of it. Oh. Uh, talking about looking up like the top 10 this or that. Yeah. So I've needed a new game chair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because Gary's, not Gary O, but Gary H has been twisting my arm to play some Elder Scrolls online, and which you know, we'll get to that. You to settle in on that. Yeah. So you need to relax and get some good, comfortable seating. Yeah. So I checked it out. Secret Labs game chairs. Mm-hmm. supposed to be the best gaming chair. Top of the line. I bought one. Didn't care for it. This is like a $400, $500 chair. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Didn't like it. Said, I'm going to send it back. Okay. Guess who has to pay the shipping to send it back? You the do. The full price for this 80-pound chair. You do. So I got about half of a refund back when you take the shipping out of it. I got a full refund, but half of it went to paying for the shipping for it to go back. Yeah. Wow. So, as a wise man once said, don't buy a chair you haven't sat in. Yeah. So, keep that in mind. But I found myself this really nice executive chair. Mm. Ooh la la. So, I can do some quality sitting. Well, that's like, yeah, my computer chair at the house is one that Steph had had at the cellar that, you know, it's nice, it's comfortable, and I, I've got one of those kind of foam wool-covered cushions on it. And, oh, yeah, I mean, I can sit there all day playing Fallout or whatever. I used to have a, I can't remember what the model is now but it was a government chair mm-hmm. so you know it was worth a billion dollars oh sure and finally the hydraulics went out on it mm. and there was no way to get in there and replace it oh, but that man. was like the best chair in the world and it cost me zero dollars kind of stuff breaks your heart it really does so keep that in mind if you're checking out chairs yeah uh, so, it was like bucket seats and stuff like it was your standard gaming chair where it was like i don't know what i was thinking five hundred dollars they got a lot of nerve yeah you got a lot of noise Yep. And you think for that, but it was like sitting on a bench. Wow. It wasn't back support. If that's your problem, maybe check it out, but I'm sure you could find some stuff comparable that you can actually sit in first. Yeah. But if, if it was back problems, maybe that's the chair for you. But if you want a comfortable seat, 
that is not it. Mm-hmm. So, no paid endorsement there. Yeah. But what do you got for TV? Okay, TV, you're probably aware, but if you weren't, we've been watching Arrow. And it's funny, Arrow has been on my Netflix uh, list or whatever since before I met Steph, but I never brought myself around to watching. Well, in the meantime, it's at how many seasons, and I think it's still going. So, Steph and I were in a show hole, and she said, hey, why don't we check out that, that Arrow? Because she saw it in the list, because as she's seen it a million times. I was like, wow, really? Are you sure? Because I figured I was going to have to wait till. I don't know what would happen, but we started watching it, and it's okay. But why can we both watch it? It's got superheroes and the occasional Oops. dust up. And then for her, it's kind of like a young, like a YA. They call it these soap opera. Mm-hmm. And so, but overall, I mean, I, I can I can fight through it. It's kind of a happy medium. It's not a chick flick, but it's not totally a, a superhero movie. But it's kind of all a these ground. CW shows. They just have a negative connotation with me. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched any of them, so I'm talking out my butt. Yeah, but. Yeah. That doesn't make me want to race out and watch it. Kind of like yeah. when Netflix had Punisher. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, yeah, Punisher. Yeah. And then again, and Marvel versus DC, too. Yeah, but I will say, yeah, I mean, the Punisher was great. It was. But I will say, honestly, and it's, I don't, I, you know, it's not, there's no vodka involved, and I've been watching them. And no, they're, I, I've enjoyed them for the most part. Overall, I mean, it's not been like, ugh, let me knuckle under and, you know, find something that I can tolerate with the misses. No, they're okay. They're still, they're kind of a little soap opera y. But from a lot of people, you got to have that. It's kind of you're the guy who was like, you know what? I don't want any story or plot. You bring out Mothra and Godzilla and have them fight for two straight hours, and I'll sit there eating popcorn and cheer. But a lot of people would be like, what? You know, I mean, they want all that. Mushy, I don't know mushy. if anybody wants that. As far as like in a Godzilla movie, right? In your Arrow, it's kind of right. like, well, I can get my watch, my wife to watch this because there's a bit of a love story and the yeah. soap opera thing, the drama. which is a lot of superhero shows. Yeah. But stuff like. Godzilla or Transformers just freaking get out there and fight. I don't need the human angle. I don't need a soap opera in that, but so they can save some money. Mm -hmm. There's a a human story. Yeah. There's a lot of CGI involved. Yeah. I want to think the last Godzilla movie, we're going off on a tangent that didn't they kind of acknowledge, like a lot of people came out on the internet when the internet's good for, and we're like, dude, we don't want all this story and crap. We want to watch Godzilla. This is a Godzilla movie, which I think that was the Godzilla 2014 has it been that long? Something like that. And then there was the recent one, which I can't even remember, Godzilla King of Monsters. Uh-huh. That one I thought was really good, and they did do a good job of like, you're going to get to see the fights in this one. Yeah. So, None of this, you could see their feet and people pointing going, ah. And Godzilla versus King Kong is right around the corner. Oh, we cool. would have already had it, I think, if it wasn't for the time of the COVID. Why wouldn't Godzilla just totally destroy King Kong? Yeah, exactly. I mean, historically, Godzilla's like tall as a skyscraper, and King Kong's like mm, 30 feet tall. It's pretty amazing for an ape, but I mean, I'm here to tell you. And one of them breathes fire. Yeah, so, You can tell which team I'm on. Yeah, I was going to say, my odds are on, you know, Gojira, you know. So anyway. But King Kong will probably win <laughs> just because he's the Hulk Hogan. He's the American hero. From the Congo dun, or whatever. Dun, yeah. dun. He's a real American. Eat your bananas, brother. Anything else for TV? No, that's, you know, I mean, not that I can think of. All right. How about games, video games, board games, okay, well, RPGs? So, yeah, I mean, nothing's changed in video games, but I just wanted to, to throw out a little I anecdote. Um, so, as, as usual, I'm still playing a little bit, but not lately, but a little bit of uh, uh, Dying Light. I haven't played in For Honor in forever. That's impressive. I haven't either, though. Yeah. But um, 
But in Dying Light, I got to say, it really struck me in the moment that there was one of those ones that Screech and Yowen can run and jump and climb the, uh, not a viral, but anyway, you know, the ones that are like have just recently turned, sometimes you'll hit them and they'll go, please stop. Then they'll charge at you again all red eyed. Well, anyway, I had my back turned and the sun is behind me. Now, I mean, this is pretty dynamic. And the thing leaps and I saw their shadow play across the wall in front of me to let me know. And I spun around and caught them with my machete midair. And it's in the moment I thought, oh, my God, I can remember going back 40 years when I've got one button and a joystick. And there's this little 8-bit yeah, this blob is supposed to be this your blob tank. This blob is, is my tank, and there's little BBs, T-T-T-T-T, you know, whatever. And I thought, wow, that here we are you, later. A shadow playing across a wall in front of me lets me know there's a screeching zombie leaping at me, and I catch him in midair with a machete. I'm like, I mean, again, it's kind of we talk about how far gaming has come in tabletop and what we had to deal with that some people just can't imagine now. Well, I just, hopefully, everyone appreciates how amazing video games are now because, wow, you know. Well, think about this, too. You haven't tried it out yet, but I've got that PSVR. Uh-huh. So, imagine you're moving your hands and you're moving pieces in the game. Wow. It's just like, we came from Pong to this. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm just blown away because we've, we've lived through this. Old men impressed by I, technology. I Sorry, know. kids. Yeah. But that's like watching the other day at the Long Con, Trent was sitting in a kind of a common breezeway area and he's got his laptop set up and he's got his heads, VR mm -hmm. headset on and his gauntlets. He loves that VR. And he was sitting here, you could tell, just shotgunning the crap out of some zombies or something or psycho hillbillies, who knows. But he's getting down and everybody's stopping to watch just because they're like, wow, look at him go. And he was just absorbed in it. And I won't lie. I'm sure everybody was like a little like, damn, I want to check that out. You know, I told uh, uh, Leela that I said, you know what, Trent could probably put up a little a cup and you could you know yeah. for a dollar you get to vr for five minutes or something he'd probably make more money than we would you know but anyway yeah yeah that's my little thing i wanted to talk about video games it just kind of struck me well yeah if you look at like our grandparents yeah where it's like my grandma was like yeah we used to ride the horse and buggy down to the neighbor's house or whatever and now i have a computer in my pocket yeah it's just fantastic in their lifetime how much things have changed and then for us being geez 30 years 40 years of video games technology yeah. how much how far it has come I, I always joke about i remember when i was a kid and when the power would go out and you figured looking back how basic this was but i have to laugh and but now i don't make fun because i kind of get it but i remember my parents would be like matt come in here can you set the time on the vcr again i'd be like wow really a couple button presses, the times, and they'd be like, they just beam at me like that boy. He's he's a sharp one. He's gonna do great things, you know. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, uh huh. Yeah. And I mean, think pretty soon you're gonna have to have your kids come in and redo your cybernetic implants. That's the joke I've said is with with Max. We'll have to call Max and go, Max, the hologram projector's out again. Could you come do the hologram projector for us or whatever? Well, it'll yeah. be like my left arm's not working. Yeah. Can yeah. you reboot that? So you know that's that's coming. The nanotechs. Yeah, like in another 15 years or something. So anyway. All right, since you don't have any games, here's my chance to yeah, ramble a little bit more. Last time I talked about DBZ Kakarot. So I know you're not down on the DBZ. You don't really know Who's the backstory, with DBZ? et cetera, and so forth. But for those of you that are in the know, I've played it enough now that I'm through like the Frieza saga, which is, I don't know, two storylines in or something like that. That's the most overdone, overplayed, overtold. It's very good, but that's the one you get the most of, kind of like, origin stories mm -hmm. it'd be like uncle ben's dead now 
That's mm. how far I am in wow. the storyline. Mm. So I'm past that, and I'm excited to get to the new stuff. I can give you more of a review because I've played it more now. It's a lot of button-mashing fun. I was like, am I going to have to try and learn a lot of combos? No. You can just mash away and have a good time. That's my kind of game. (laughs) So definitely check that out if you're into the DBZ. Uh, I tried playing the ESO on the PC, Uh the Elder Scrolls Online, Mm -hmm. but I've done so much PlayStation, console gaming, whatever you want to say, that it just doesn't feel right with that kind of game anymore. It feels more... uh, um What's like a first person, it's very small. Mm-hmm. It's like I've got my head in the screen because I'm so close to it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have a small screen with your face pressed up to it. Mm-hmm. If it's, I'm trying to think, like if it was Diablo, mm-hmm. like if you had that third person overhead view, mm-hmm. I'm still good with that. Mm-hmm. If it's Civ, I'm good with that. If it's mm-hmm. something where you're, I guess you're controlling things, mm-hmm. moving little dudes around. But if you have that first person view, mm-hmm. I just don't. For the PC, that's not my jams anymore. It just feels more, you know, uh, uh, yeah, for you to have the big screen, the controller, and you yeah. sit back, yeah. Sit away from it. Yeah. Let's see. Um, but other than that, so, but, but, but. I can't but, give you a review on that. I've played been, so very little of it. You, but you tried it on the platform now. The I tried it on the PC. Oh, but you haven't tried on, the, you're, you're wanting to try it, you, you think, on the, pla- the PS. No, never. Oh, Okay. Because the only well, I'm reason glad I didn't run out and grab it, then the only reason, well, well, then again, the only reason I'm playing it is because Gary H got it for but me. I wonder if and he want, he does not want to. He's already set up on the PC, yeah. so he's got his you know max level characters you know, and he, yeah. Like, he bought me a copy years ago, and I played for a little while. And he'd probably go crazy trying to learn the PC. He platform. He'd probably go crazy trying to go from PC to, to PS to PlayStation, yeah. Yeah. whereas I am going kind of crazy trying to come back to the PC because yeah. those are not the kind of games I played that much. I always hook up a controller. Anyway. But you know, it's ironic though. When I was playing Skyrim and I was kind of complaining about certain things with using the keyboard, he said, "Oh well, no, man, you got to have a controller to play." I use a controller yeah, for it. But I'm like, well, then if you using a this is the guy this is the guy who told me to use a controller on PC who doesn't want to come play on platform do you hear where I'm going what I'm saying here but he's already invested all the time oh in, sure sure so I mean I can see why he well, wouldn't want to redo everything and that's where more and more companies are hopefully embracing this and I think they are is cross-platform because that way you could have a yeah, bigger and player this one does base. not if it had cross-platform it then be I'd be phenomenal. like it's done yeah. I'm getting it on the P PlayStation yeah and I'll play with him on the PC yeah but it does not have cross-play if I don't have anybody to play with, mm-hmm. you have to play with yourself. I'm not going to play it. And if me and you get it on the PlayStation, he will see that as a great betrayal. <laughs> Instead of us, and we'll lose a friend. You think you're trying to strong arm, strong arm me to coming over there? Rawr, you know. But that's like, yeah, yeah, I won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. But I've been, I do have the controller hooked up for that one. Mm-hmm. It's just like I said, I feel like I need to get some distance from it. It'd be so much nicer if I just hooked it up on my TV. Yeah, you can do that, but that <sighs> seems like. Yeah, I bet I could have the Longview Computer Center come out and do that for me. They would centralize your computers while they're at it. And they could centralize the TV to the PC. You know what? I bet they could. And I'm sure they'd do it for a, a, a meager sum. Very oh, yeah. reasonable price. Paid promotion. <laughs> Let's see. What else do I have here? Uh, Cuphead. There's a good story for you. You are a masochist. That has finally come out on PlayStation. It's oh. been out on PC for probably several years, and it's been out on it's Switch on for Switch a year for, or two. Yeah, the two probably. And I don't know if we've told this story before. 
but I was over at Matt's house, uh-huh. and your son was playing it. Jake. And he's like, well, Dad, your buddy's a big gamer. Uh-huh. We'll just tear this cuphead apart. Yeah. And I stunk on ice. Yeah. I was horrible at that game. Yeah. I didn't laugh at him at all. It was on the Switch, mm-hmm. which I don't play my Switch that much. Mm-hmm. But you're savvy on the Switch. And it was... It's the little Wiimotes. Uh-huh. So you get a Wiimote to play with instead of having the whole console set up. So that was very awkward, too. Uh-huh. And it's a hard game. Oh, it's a very hard game. So it's a hard game on a console. I don't play that kind of game on very mm-hmm. much. Game I never played. And then you, mm-hmm. with a weird controller. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. With lots of excuses, that is a hard game. And you I stunk. Lots of excuses. But no, he's not to say that I'm this great gamer. But, but I'll definitely say from my point of view, I'm someone who was like... Like when I used to do MMOs, we'd fail the raid, and people are like, let's just call it and go, well, we failed once, let's do it again, let's do it again, let's do it again. And the people, after about that fifth time, people are like, all right, this is getting long with the tooth. I'm like, do not sign off, we will defeat this. But I mean, my son, Jake Gubba, he's tenacious, where he's like, we can do this, Dad. After about the 20th time, I'm like, Jake, I'm going to take a break, you know. Because I found me in games, if I'm getting stuck on a certain thing, a video game, I'll turn it off, step away, take a break. And what's ironically enough, you come back 30 minutes, an hour later, when you calm down, you're out of the moment, you'll do it. You'll be like, what the hell? What was going on earlier? Yeah, mm-hmm. usually I'll do the thing. Like, I'll try until I go to bed. Then I'll wake up the next day and try it again, and boom, yeah. done. What, what is that about a, a new day and a whatever? Fresh reflexes. Yeah, something. Or you just you've got yourself so amped up or something. So it's not that I want to play Cuphead, it's that I have to play Cuphead. <laughs> the gauntlet was thrown down in my face. That was an embarrassing moment. And now yeah. I have to redeem myself. And I'm sure your son is like, what? I don't play that anymore. So, so can I tell the, the Mortal Kombat story? Yeah, I, okay. I don't remember anything too horrendous about that. No, but, it's, but this kind of segues into what you're saying. So I'd got uh, an arcade system that's got oh, 2,500 games on it, and it had Mortal Kombat. And we played different games, and we're having fun, or I'm watching Eddie play. Well, finally, but when it was getting about time to leave to go to NTRPG, gosh, which one would this have been? Like the first or second, like second, third one we went to, I think. It had to wow. be more like three or four, because now we've been to like nine eight or not yeah you make something a good crazy point. so anyway i said just because to, to finally kind of get him off the game you know and it's, i said hey let's play mortal kombat and then to save me on mortal kombat on the arcade system yeah well yeah i mean i just pap, 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 just over and over and over and over and over and over again and so anyway we go to the con da, da, da. Well, about a week later i'm coming over to his house and i got there a little early for game night and he goes he just so happens he's got what was it? The Sega. Sega. Sega Genesis. Sega sitting there, all queued up, controllers out, Mortal Kombat in the system. And he's like, hey, come over here and let's try the Mortal Kombat on here. And I used to have it on Sega, but it's been a long time, campers. He beat the dog snot out of me, but I knew this is something he needed. <laughs> and then we could be friends again. <laughs> that was just the difference in systems oh, like sure, he's got sure. an arcade system at his house yeah. so he's used to that oh yeah and then i was used to the genesis controller and so oh, it yeah. was it wasn't really about yeah. skill so much as who knew what controls to use oh, on yeah. what device he, he skunked me on the and if somebody showed sure. up with the super nintendo one we would have both have been yeah. out of luck yeah exactly so but anyway well, you'll be happy to know that shortly after that, I ended up having a gathering at my house for with a bunch of people. When we played the old classic games, mm-hmm. there was one guy, he just stomped the crap out of me. Wow. And he was almost like this guy, like I'm like, I'm pretty good as a gamer, but I'm definitely not like I should be a paid streamer or whatever. I'm that kind of guy. Right. He probably could be because he was just 
freaking fantastic at everything wow. he played. There was uh, one game that we played on the uh, Genesis, which was Cyborg Justice. Really fun oh, game. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a classic. I could beat him a couple of times before he learned the controls, but like on the third one, he was he was crushing me. So this was even something ingrained. Like, yeah, I played Sega just for years. Just no, he's just a natural. Wow. Yeah, you know, there's something to that. Some people just well, that's kind of like the old thing about some have natural aptitude, and some people have to hone those skills. You know, and you know, it is what it is. But Cuphead, uh, if you haven't played that yet, which you very well might have, I would say it's kind of like a 1945 Contra. Yeah. One of those run and guns shooters. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing I would typically play on top of everything. Mm-hmm. And I like its old timey cartoon cartoon look. Yeah. I think of the ear of Betty Boop and all that. Yeah, but it doesn't drive it. me on either. Yeah. Like a lot of the games that I play are games you have to want to play like Dark Souls. Yeah. You don't just passively pick that up. Monster Hunter. Ones that you have to self-loathe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you got to want to beat him. But those have the setting and the look where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be beating up these giant dinosaurs. Or I'm a knight and I'm out killing these dragons and monsters. Whereas this one's like, I'm a cartoon Cuphead guy. It's like, yeah. Eh. I won't lie, Dark Souls has really got a neat look to yeah. it. It's very it's unique. Beautiful. And it's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I won't lie. I caught myself taking pictures of some of the vistas in the game and pro- posting them. I haven't done that with any other games i played, so let me put it that way, you know. So Cuphead has three islands. I beat the first one, and I stopped for the podcast just so I could go, okay, I've got this much done instead of like, eh, and I'm stuck on this boss. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, that's what I've got done. I'll let you guys know how the progress goes on that. Yeah. And then... The, the uh, section of the podcast that's going on forever. Yeah. I played a couple of games on Super Nintendo. I played Contra 3, The Alien Wars. Oh, really? Did you ever play that one? I don't think so, no. Really good. So, I mean, if you were a fan of Contra back oh, in the I day, Contra. and this is still back in the day, Contra yeah. 3, really cool. We'll have to break yeah. that out sometime. Oh, yeah. And one that I played that I think you would especially enjoy was Battle Cars. Oh, yeah. I never heard of that one before, had you? Uh, this maybe. one's a, like a post-apocalyptic racing type game that's kind of cool where you have the mad max type vehicles hey i'm in so yeah it was pretty cool cool but i'm telling you we used to run home from school and a gaggle of us guys would just take turns you know with the controllers and playing contra played the crap out of it and then we played that one wrestling game where like it was like one of the characters like a lizard he'd bite you and all that what was that one but was it wrestling yeah, it wasn't WWF. They weren't characters you knew. But like intergalactic wrestling or, or something. Yeah, because there's like one's a lizard man who'd bite you, his special move or something. But we played the crap out of that in Contra. That might be the two games the kid owned. I mean, you know. Yeah. But well, those anyway. are some classics. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So to completely change topics, mm-hmm. we did have a feedback from a listener, one of our good friends, Luau Lu. Is it of this old dungeon? This old dungeon and... I want to say he's doing his own adventures under the Dare Luck Club. Oh, neat. Oh, yeah, that looked really neat. I saw that on NTRPG. So check those out. He's running some games for it. So if you look on Facebook, you'll probably be able to find something and get into a game with him. See, now I'm theming for the next NTRPG. Hopefully he'll show up and run some Dare Luck. Yeah. Or at least we can get some paid promotion out of this. Hey, hey, here you go. Keep that in mind. And, hey, in lieu of pay, Lou, we will take questions coming and good topics. Yeah, thank you. We we, we practically may beg for some feedback or some topics. And you've been really awesome about feeding us. And Brian Merchant's been cool and whatnot. So, I don't know if you saw this. I think you did on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But basically, his question was, what if you had a friend that was dying? He's never played D&D. What game would you run for them? 
for their first and last game. So what I said was if it was somebody that was laying on their deathbed, what I would do is I would run some good old first edition. I'd have them roll the 3D6 in a row for character creation. I'd make them put them all in a row in order, starting with strength. Uh, you can't change any of them. Then you have to be a first level wizard. You don't get to re-roll that D4 for your hit die. So if you come up with a one, that's it. You're gonna re-roll, you're gonna roll all your spells randomly. We're gonna gear up your character. We're gonna put them in a dungeon with a troll. We're gonna kill their character, and then I will slowly put a pillow over their face <laughs> and smother the remaining life out of them. After you crush their spirits. Exactly. The that way their soul has already left the body. There's nothing left. <laughs> but the serious answer I gave yeah. was if somebody was actually laying on their deathbed, what I would do, and hey, we should get a paid promotion from this from, from yeah. Mike Evans, right. Barbarians of the Ruined Earth, because yeah. if you're dying, man, you're going to go out with a bang, high flying, fast paced action. Over and, the top. Yeah, just gonzo nuts, heroic. Mm-hmm. You're the star. So that's what I would run. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I won't lie. It's kind of like, you know, um, oh, what was it? That one jerk that time said, you're like a gaming tourist or some crap. What was it? But uh, Oh, because of many and varied interests? Yeah, many and varied interests. But it's one of the things like, no, I mean, I was a, a huge proponent and a big fan of DCC for now what had been five, six years. I mean, it wasn't just a flash in the pan. And I still love DCC and Goodman Games. But uh, these days, it's funny. I was just telling my old buddy Tim Flippo of Dragon Slayer uh, Miniatures, you know, painting. Paid Dragon promotion. Slayer, yeah. Um, it, which his work is people. It's next level. It's phenomenal. It's insane. You yeah. Can find him on Facebook. Um, but anyway, uh, I was talking to Tim about the older I get, I've come full circle. Like gaming was more simplistic in its early days. And someone in their little mind, these nerds were like, well, the crunchier it is, the better. And then we've come full circle to where, no, I say the rules can get in the way of the game. And I've really fallen in love with uh, uh, Barbarians of the Ruined Earth. And by consequence, the engine that drives it is the Black Hack. Mm-hmm. I've looked into it, and I really like the Black Hack. So, because, I mean, there's a great framework there to work from, and there's just enough detail, and you can add that little bit more in. There's a lot of little optional rules out there, or if you're savvy as a game master, or you and your players would go, hey, you know it would be neat? Why don't we add in this one little layer? You can you can take it to where you want that layer of crunch to be, but let's start from a more basic framework, you know? So, for the people unlucky enough to tune into this one for their first episode, what is the black hack? All right, so there's a guy named David Black, I think, that basically looked at old-school original D&D, and he took those same stats that we've... If you're any kind of a D&D gamer, it's where you cut your teeth, or in that realm, there's, you know, strength decks, uh, con, charisma, you know, I'm leaving something at wisdom or whatever. So you've Mm -hmm. got those classic stats. Hit points are a concept that hopefully, even if you played video games, you understand those. Um, The thing was, instead of using... Armor class as a number that you're trying to use to hit hit you. No, you evade being hit by using like a save. Yeah, it's like a save. Like everything is, is savings with your stat with your statistics, and you have the player has the agency, so to speak. In that, like, if you're trying to attack, you roll against your stats. If they're trying to attack you, me as the game master, you roll against your stats again. Um, anyway, it's really neat, and I kind of like that, and players seem to like it from what I've seen so far. So we're really engaged with it. Um, but it's definitely more uh, simplistic. But simplistic is a derogatory term. I'll say it's elegant. 
you know. I'm okay with simple, and I would say it's a lot more dynamic. Yeah. Well, the idea is, again, with there's not a lot of rules to get in the way. It's in the moment. When Eddie goes, you know what? I'm going to try to pin this chick or whatever. I want to romance this chick or I want to do it. I'm like quickly go, well, what seems reasonable? I'll roll against your charisma with advantage or disadvantage or plus two or minus two or, or whatever. And you quickly educate these things. And with the back of your mind, what would be the most fun outcome? You know, but let's, but still, it shouldn't be a guaranteed thing. So you're rolling against attributes, but I, I, I really feel like it's a very liberating game system. Would you agree with that assessment? Definitely. You yeah. feel like you can do anything. Exactly. And you have a good shot of it actually yeah. landing instead of like, I'm going to try this. Well, there's no way in hell that's going to happen. You have disadvantage and a minus this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I could see easily that if a player came to me and said, say we're playing, you know, Barbarians of Ruined Earth and said, well, I, I like the sound of some of these classes that are already laid out, but I have this idea. You could quickly go, all right, that sounds reasonable. That's cool. How about we have this work that way? Boom and go. You've, if a player's thinking outside the box, I like a game that rewards that. And that's a whole other podcast. But, yeah. you know, uh, the early gaming had less rules. And it was more open to the interpretation of the game master and the players. And I'll admit that with the wrong game master, that's not going to work with the right game master and players. Everyone's going to have a great time. It's going to be a lot of fun because thinking outside the box is what I love being stumped as a GM where a player pulls them out of their butt. And I'm like, whoa, I didn't think uh, that's a brilliant idea. You know what? I'm not going to shut that down. I'm going to reward that, you know, and these kind of systems, I think, lend themselves to that a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, but it's probably a love it or hate it kind of proposition. Yeah, I could see people that would absolutely hate it because one thing both – If you're coming from Pathfinder, if yeah. you love Pathfinder, yeah. you might not love this. If you you're coming not. from DCC, you probably will. You probably will because Evans is a big – he loves DCC, but he appreciates Black Hack too. Um, he could have built Barbarians off the DCC engine, but instead he decided Black Hack. But uh, anyway – it makes it more different. I, I like that he did that. Not yeah. that I have anything against DCC now, but all. it's different. But it's kind of like people said, what do you like better, DCC or 5th? I go, I appreciate aspects of 5th edition. I appreciate aspects of DCC. I mean, I appreciate now aspects of the Black Hack. I could play any of the three, you know. But um, That's yeah. why this needs to be a video podcast sometimes, folks. Yeah. But anywho. Um, All right. Yeah. Let's get back on the topic here because right, right. we've already Still rambled right. for a while yeah, and have. I think we're going to ramble a lot more. So if you need to go get yourself a drink, fix yourself a sandwich, <laughs> take a nap, come back to this later, we understand. <laughs> we're going to carry on, keep on rambling because we're yeah. still on this question. Right, right, right. Sorry. Okay. Seriously, since we kind of know what you might run, what right. tropes would you put in? Is there anything in there that you're like, if this is the one time you're going to experience a role playing game, I want you to, because there's really oh, wow. not that many dragons in Dungeons and Dragons. But that's one of those things to where if you know this is going to be this guy's last game. First and last. First and last. Then, yeah, you would hope to try to jam as many iconic role-playing experiences in there for them if you could. Absolutely. So anything spring to mind? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's like having it in a dungeon, make sure there's a dragon. I mean, you know, I don't know. Have some orcs for sure. You know? It'd be kind of cool, depending on how long you're getting to play this game, mm -hmm. if you could level up along the way and kind of go like, you came in the dungeon and you killed a goblin, and when you get to the end, you're going to kill a dragon. Yeah. And I mean, to kind of work your way up but, through the tropes. But let's say, because if you're going to do an arcing campaign, you wanted, wouldn't want to do this. But if you knew it's this guy's last game, you could money haul this thing. Exactly. And halfway through, he finds a ring of wishes. And about three fourths of the way through, he finds like a dancing holy defender and plus three plate mail of Ethereal or whatever. 
and you know potions are just strewn everywhere in the dungeon because you as a GM can come up with the this guy is some peasant who luckily stumbled across the lost layer of some lich that went on an uh a journey to other dimensions and left the place kind of wide open figured ah, no one will ever get through my defenses and you can have some rationale how the guy did and it could be this treasure trove of you know odd experiences i mean yeah it's it's you know at something like that in ways liberating because you could just go crazy you know do whatever you want okay now let me really put the pressure on you with this because this question sprang out of lou's question that i really thought was interesting okay because it probably applies to us mm-hmm. What would you run for your dying friend that had played D&D all their life for their last session? And would you rather play your last session or run your last session if you were on wow, your deathbed? That's deep. I missed Thank you. all this. Um, well, that's this... what sprung out of Lou's question. Oh, this is what oh, he keyed oh. in my mind. His question was, if, if, okay. if, somebody, if your friend was dying and so he'd never played. If, if my friend had never played anything but D&D and he wanted a last game you know, at the hospital across the bedside table, I think it'd be apropos to running through the tomb of horrors. <laughs> <laughs> then you can put the pillow on his face it's and pretty, suffocate w- him You wouldn't out. have to. <laughs> but I mean, as, as as dark and morbid or whatever you want to say, uh, we could end up in that situation. Oh, absolutely. That's, yeah, kind of like, wow. In fact, right now I'm having some chest pains. But <laughs> Good. Roll a hit. Roll a save. Yeah, that's right. Let me roll a con, con save. save. Yeah. Yep. A, a fortitude save, depending on which system. Um, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah, those are awesome questions. Now, the one about would I rather run or play for my last game, that's awesome because yeah, people that know me know I'm about a 50-50 guy. I like to play, but I like to run. There's times where I'll get in a mode where I'm like, man, I'm tired of running. I want to play. And there's times where I go, I'm tired of playing. I want to run. Which I think is kind of cool about me and you Yeah. in that way that about the time you're like, I'm ready to play. I'm like, I'm ready to run. Yeah. And so that's maybe how this friendship has worked this long. But <laughs> That's um, the only thing. Yeah, pretty much. But anyway... Um, but that's awesome. I guess it would depend on what mood I'm in, which historically through my life, there's times when I want to run, times I want to play. But you'd think on your deathbed, yeah, I'd probably want to play because you might not And maybe be. you want to tell that one last great story. And that's a thought. If, if I had my faculties, I mean, if I'm in cotton, you well, know, let's say you're going to have a six-hour session. And yeah, for that, would have the stamina for that, you know. Let's, let's make this even more depressing. But you know how you kind of have that last surge before yeah, the end right, where they're oh, like, oh, you're in hospice t- care but yeah. he's getting so much better. He Maybe yeah. he's recovering. Maybe I, he's I, not recovering. I, this is I, just that last how rally. How many times I've, I caught the last hurrah where it seems like the Almighty goes, I'm going to give you one last good day and everybody will see you like that and remember you that way, and then you're gone. You know, I, I, not to be so if you're on morbid. that one last good day. Yeah, so let's say if you had your last good day, wow, I'd probably run. I'll admit it. Did you guess that? or I had you're, a feeling, Because yeah. you're over here grinning, you know, like yeah. just your cat. But yeah, probably run. Yeah. And I think that too would be, you know, if you had something that you'd been cooking up and you're like, man, I'm going to freaking die yeah. and nobody's ever going to play this. That's like right now. I've got two adventures I ran the other day. The fire was stoked and my mental energies were clicking and I just riddled out. I just, I wrote out like two adventures, pretty much whole cloth. Just, you know, cause I was excited about someday we'll get to play them. Yeah. We hope. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Someday. Someday. Yeah. So I would probably rather run for my last session too, mm-hmm. kind of like you said. But wow, it would be very—I can't imagine trying to run the last session for you or something like that. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
think about that with us. If yeah. I'm, if you're trying to put together the last session for me that I'm ever going to play in. Heaven forbid you're the last person I lays out on. Ugh. <laughs> That's why I'm going to get a pillow with my picture on it. So that you can stare at that as I'm pressing it down on your face. Thar. Thar. Which leads into our next topic. Which leads into the topic of the show, finally, at almost an hour in. Wow. Our topic today is Dungeons and Dramas. Dun, dun, dun. Drama Crawl Classic. That's right. You know, (laughs) drama hack. This is one thing I think you can, everybody can appreciate. Or if not, one day, unfortunately, you'll probably experience this if you game long enough. Just the interpersonal problems that you have at the table, how personal drama becomes the thing instead of playing a game. You all try to come together as friends or at least acquaintances yeah. to have a good time. And then it ends up being a horrible time. I'll tell myself as, as you grow older and you hopefully get wiser for years, I game with people. I mean, throughout my life, I've probably gamed at least once a week, if not every other week since I was like, geez, what? 10, 11, 12 or something. And that's a lot of weeks folks. Yeah. I mean, you do the math. There's 52 weeks in a year, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, there's people I'd game with for years and I'd get it in my head. I know their names. I know their, their kids or dog's name. I know what their job is. You know something about somebody and you'd, Start to think they're a friend, and then you figure out wah, wah. they're just somebody who games with you. If you died in a car fire the next day, they'd go, well, damn, we need to replace that guy at the game table. Yeah, I that's to something say I that, was going to bring up, too. Yeah, but it's one of those things that just, you know, not everybody at the game table, unfortunately, is your friend. And maybe some of that time, you're glad for that. You know, like you wouldn't want to be there. You I'll have game friends, with the and guy. you have game friends. Yeah, there's people that are like, I'll game with them, but I uh, know. I don't want to hang out away from the game table. You know. Well, that's one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is back in the day when you talk about all the inclusion and stuff that wasn't there Mm -hmm. back in the day there wasn't that many people that were playing D &D. no i swear to you i would be outside the grocery store and if i heard somebody two lines over say something about a dungeon or a dragon or a sword or a magic missile or something i'm gonna get out of line and run over there and go dude do you play D &D?" because you were hard pressed to find someone to run a game or play a game and you were there was such a small click of us and then everybody had to go into hiding after the satanic panic kind of so you were like are you one of us are you in the the cult you know haha but yeah, I mean, it if was, you were in a big city, it might have been a lot easier. But, not. but there was a point in time where you maybe knew four or five people in mm. your town that played, mm. so you had to play with them. You had to play, even if the, you didn't you, want to, even if you hated that person every other day of the week. Yeah, making that deal with the devil to get your game fixed. You had to play with some people that weren't always. I could tell you some <laughs> stories and situations like, yeah, I'll play, man. But we're gonna have to be baked out of our gourd, and I'm like okay you know what I mean or whatever I mean you know it's or like, they didn't believe in hygiene oh gosh or they had no social skills at all right right which unfortunately there's those stereotypes and they're not true but yes there are people they're there in for a hobby, reason yeah that just god bless them have no social skills or you know yeah or not they think hygiene is a greeting um but anyway so what makes this such a burning topic for us we just recently experienced this <laughs> We did? Yeah. yeah. We recently in our, uh, what do you want to call this, not home game so much as club game, mm-hmm. that somebody got hurt feelings Yeah. and took their toys and went home. Yeah. And we would love to have kept the lines of communication open and maybe tried to make peace because this is a good guy. We like this guy. We yeah. Just, we just this had... is not the example of, I hate the guy, no. but we need somebody to play with. But At it... this time, 
there's a ton of people to play with. Yeah. You can pick yeah. and choose. So this guy scorched earth, it seems like. And it's a shame because I like the guy. He's not a bad guy at all. I like the guy, too. I entertained the guy in my house recently, you know. But, and I'll tell the story, and we'll see what we need to edit out and what's too controversial okay. for you. Fair enough. Because I don't care. I'm letting it all hang out. Well, I don't know if we need to tell the whole tale, but if you feel like it, go See for how it. much of the tale you want to tell. This might be cathartic for you. Because I no. can tell it, you seem like this particularly kind of pushed it, your butt. It does aggravate me, but I. Yeah. this is one of those times where I think everybody can appreciate it. Everybody's been in this situation. Or they haven't, they will Or be. they're in this situation, mm. or they're going to be in this situation. So we can give them a heads up. Yeah. So for our situation, let's see what we edit out here. Okay. What we had was we were playing a game. Mm -hmm. Neither of us were running. Mm -hmm. And he said he got the impression that I didn't want to play with him anymore. Anything wrong with that so far? Anything too inflammatory? No. But the thing is, he was 100% right. I didn't want to play with him anymore. He was being a jerk, in my opinion. I can somewhat agree with that assessment. I can agree with that assessment. <laughs> this is when we need a video podcast. Yeah, if you can you see, can see the thumb screws yeah, yeah. being applied here. And you can see the winks and nods, you know, that whatever off camera. But I guess the kind of ironic thing was because I like this guy, mm -hmm. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. And honestly, let's face it. This was not a new occurrence. This has been going on for a while. Yeah. But we had let this slide because we liked the guy. He's not a bad guy. And we'd hoped, as you hope, if you're in a group of people that act a certain way, you hope maybe they'll start to acclimate to the dynamic of the table. And then sometimes they don't. Yeah. So what I said the fix would be mm -hmm. was maybe if I was running or he was running because mm -hmm. it wasn't like I don't want to be around this person. Right. It's He's that not my character guy. doesn't want to be on the table with his character. Right. So that was it. That was the big problem right there. Yeah. And the resolution was that he unfriended me, Matt, and our buddy Gary, I think. Why even Gary? Yeah. Wow. Holy crap. The thing is, I thought his beef was with you. Why would he unfriend me and Gary? So that's 100%. Just like, but then again, and I think when I did talk about this with Mr. C, he uh, basically said, well, you got to figure y'all are kind of a package deal. And I was like, well, there's some truth to that statement, maybe. But the thing is, I have no idea why he was really that mad at me, because you two were the ones that were going at it. But that was playful bickering. It was No, honestly, it wasn't. Well, okay. It crossed. The, my toe was on the line a few times, for sure. Yeah. Who attacked another character but now i could honestly role playing rationalize it you're in a dungeon it's my first dungeon and brand new character. i have no complaints with I, it i'm an elven noble and all of a sudden some creature comes scurrying from a secret door i wasn't aware of and tackles me in the dark when i'm probably my nerves are jangled i'm in a dungeon i'm there's a strange sarcophagi here it, the, my, what would your reflex to, like in the real world i turn if i had a pistol i have a shocking grasp kazam and i figure plus my guy's an elven noble some grubby goblin's gonna grab you he needs to learn you don't grab an elven noble like that but out of everybody in the game, you mm -hmm. two characters were the ones going at it. Absolutely. Because I Having think the back and forth. I'd like to think that uh, this person felt comfortable enough to have this little playful fart nudging thing where other people table he figured, you know, might, would not have put up with it. Whereas, you know. Whereas he, in some previous uh, adventures, was having that not so playful back and forth. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Where he's like, I'm going to throw this character up against the wall and threaten to kill you. And I'm like, yeah. homie, don't play that. Yeah. And I will say one of those things that, you know, we all, we all talk about metagaming. And a little bit of metagaming, 
he almost can't help but do it. If you're doing this stuff long enough, within about three rounds, I've already figured out what the monster's armor class is or whatever, you know, or, and, 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 and some of these tropes and, and these old, um, you know, uh, what is the term I always use to say in the past with the, the nut or whatever, oh, those old chestnuts that, uh, you know, you've seen, a, you've been doing this stuff long enough, you're like, up oh, here comes the obvious whatever. You, know, you can't help do a little bit of metagaming, but I try not to, to do it overtly. But there was some overt metagaming that really was kind of grating, you know. So anyway. But the thing is, you're so worried about hurting someone's feelings. Right. You know, what do you do? You hope that, well, so we, we try to give some subtle hints, even maybe a little passive aggressiveness, but still trying to impart that that's not cool. Right. And, and it seemed like it fell on deaf ears. It definitely did. And I hate to be like, hey, this is where I blame the other guy for all yeah. of this. Because, I mean, you know, because we, we could be assholes and we just yeah, don't realize I, it. I know? will completely admit that. <laughs> I would not be surprised if yeah. I was also the ass in this. Yeah. But there was plenty of stuff that led up to it. Sure. But because I liked him as a person, yeah. I let it slide. Sure. And then he went scorched earth on us. Yeah. It was like, well, I guess I could have just straight up said, I don't want to play with you anymore, buddy. Yeah. And the result would have been the same. Pretty much, it sounds like. So instead of losing a player... We lost a friend. Which is a shame because, again, he's a good guy. I yeah. like him, you know, and I, I hate that this played out this way. But I, I, to go off on a, a little tangent about – so, okay, we're talking about drama at the table. Well, let's okay, wrap, wrap this up this up. particular right, right. drama, right. if you drama. will. Yeah. But, yeah, we'd had some back and forth in game. And then the most recent one, which I guess was across the line for him, mm-hmm. you guys were having all the drama. And I talked to other people at the table, and they were like, yeah, if anything, I would have thought he would have been mad at Matt. Right. Yeah. So I don't get it. Yeah. Well, it's because you're a big jerk. That's true. Yeah. I'm the easy target. <laughs> Nobody easy, but, you know, you are a target. Um. But anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's, yeah, the whole, the whole thing played out in a, in a, a terrible way. So first we'd ask ourselves, what could we have done to do this, handle this better? I, I would like to say what people would like is a direct approach. Yeah. Like if your breath is funky, tell them their breath is funky. Well, they would appreciate guy, it. If I got a bat in the cave, tell me, don't let me walk around with a bat in the cave. I'm a big boy. I can handle it. But then again, I'm a big boy. I can handle it. You worry about some people might be more fragile and I'm not going to make any generalizations because as I get older, I try not to do that, you know? So, uh, but anywho, you know, but here's the thing is if we're, 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 this is us maybe being cathartic and venting for us, but let's help our listeners. So to handle it better, right. we come in direct because here's things we might would have still had the same result. But maybe not. The best answer is, always, you know, honesty is the best policy. I like to think so. But in this particular case, I think even going to the person and saying this might have had the same result. It could have, but at least you know that you tried something. You know what I mean? Whereas this, it just fell apart without, you know, because we kept going, well, maybe it'll get better. Well, I hate to say something. Well, I don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. And look what happened. Feelings got hurt, and this is a really bad outcome. Whereas maybe we could have pulled someone aside and said, listen. And it still might have had the same outcome, but wouldn't it have been better to have say, well, I tried, you know, and I tried to, I don't know. Or was it better just let this happen organically? And Yeah, because then I mean, is there going to be a face-to-face blow up? Maybe, but I, I don't think it would come to violence or anything. Oh, no, I mean, no, no. So it's one of those things that ultimately. Well, How are you better served yet? But, yeah, but is I mean, the are, eternal but, question. But, but are we that adverse to 
confrontation? Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, I would say we are. I mean, I don't want confrontation, but at the same time, I don't know. You know, It's like, if that's how it plays out, then, you know, I mean, anyway. you. But I don't know. It, the whole thing's weird. I mean, you know. But yeah. I will say, if, if are we... Have we put a pin in that? Uh, no. Let go me ahead. go to this go ahead. and say, if you're out there listening, buddy, yeah. or to everybody else, don't just take all your toys and go home and be like, now nobody can even talk to me. Because yeah. if we had a chance to talk to the guy, and maybe this podcast is talking to the guy, yeah, we still love you. Yeah, absolutely. We ain't got nothing against you. Absolutely. You may have heard this story and been like, what a bunch of jerks, but yeah. that's our side of it. Yeah. Which you would know. Because if you didn't, because you never to got to hear it. Yeah, we so we you scorched earth. Yeah. Know? So the even if you said are broken. Eddie's a jerk or Matt's a jerk or Eddie's Gary's a jerk. a jerk, Eddie's a jerk. At least you'd still have somewhere to be gaming. Yeah. At least you'd still have two other friends. Because we're talking about we do this stuff for the love of the game. That's what we started a game club. That's what we started a con. You know, we want. You know, we we're we're inclusive. You know, it's a place for everybody, a safe place for everyone to game. Hopefully, so. Maybe honesty is the best policy and just coming out and telling somebody. But on the flip side of it, don't cut off all communication necessarily before you know the other side of the story. Yeah. Because it, when you do that, there's no chance. It's kind of like thinking about suicide. You know, things may or may not have got better, but when you commit suicide, yep, guaranteed, they'll never get better. Well, if you break off all potential communication, you can't heal the wounds. You can't extend the olive branch, make peace. Yeah. And just the final nail in the coffin is, because you said maybe you should take a break. I think that's where you got lumped into it. And it, it could When be. you didn't immediately but go. But I was agreeing with his comment like, well, maybe I should take a break. Oh, maybe you should. Heaven forbid I agreed with him. But I hear you. But think, here's the problem is texting can be taken way yep. out of context. You know what your inflection impl- impl- implication was, how they take it night and day. And I see that. And I mean, it's one of those things to where I wish him well. If he comes back, accept him with open arms. If he didn't. Oh, well, I want my Dungeons and Dragons DVDs back. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> They're probably cinders somewhere, you know. But anyway. All right. Just so we can try and offend a lot more people and get kicked out of every gaming circle, Yay. we got a couple more examples for you. So is that where you want to go to now? Yeah. If that, yeah. It, but it we, sounds like I need I to beat be it concise. to death. Go ahead. No, no, no. But it's kind of like talking about, so talking about ways to fix, cause that's me being a you know, guy and being practical, like how can there's a problem? Let me mansplain it to I, you. Yeah, I want to fix it, but that's anytime there's a problem, I want to fix it. So anyway, before I even knew, like there's so much gaming is growing, there are more people involved, and therapists and doctors and whoever's involved. So there's all these new concepts and terms, and terms for things that we probably did, and we never even had a term for it. But what can help stop some of the frustration or drama at the table? Session zero. Right. Yeah, I've really come into this. And so we'd had some hiccups in recent campaigns to where me and the players weren't on the same page or the players weren't on the same page. Well, going back to that other one, because yeah. this is where I think you're heading, right. is that's a bit of what happened. Yeah. Two characters came in that were cartoon characters, mm-hmm. and two characters came in that were gritty realistic. Grimdark. And yeah. they couldn't they, cooperate. They did, they did it doesn't gel. mesh. Right. So having seen that went up, up my, my bad, Game Master, I'll own it. 
So this, you know, I'm intended to in future do a game a session zero. We can sit down and a lot of people go, you know, we're busy adults. We have very time to play. Can't we just jump in and play? No, I need to know what your character ideas and your concept. Let me explain what my campaign's going to be and what my thought process is. So you can go right then. Oh man, well, this doesn't, I can't engage with that and bow out. Or you can go, Oh, I was going to make this whatever. And, and to give a, a really good example, this is way back like in the nineties. Uh, a buddy of mine, Tad Zavell, was like talking about supers or something. And I said, oh, yeah, I, I have champions. It's a great system for supers and not much else, I think. But um, I've kind of learned. But anyway, I'll run some champs. And so he ran out and told everybody and their cousin. And so I said, well, let's do a thing. Let's all get together and kind of put our heads together. And didn't have a name for it back then, but it was essentially a session zero. And we get there and, oh, my gosh, like 10 people showed up. So first of all, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm not going to run a game for 10 people. You'd be like a JLA or a Avengers or something. So it's always going to be these world-threatening things. Oh, and, yeah. No, and I always run my soups a little more street level. So right there, that helped me to go, all right, no offense, but about four of you guys are going to get weeded out before the night's over. So I started acting about concepts. And one guy, this is before, again, this term was even a thing, but he was going to play this total edge lord, you know, who's like dark and gritty and I fight alone. I'm a loner. And I'm going to give quips and, you know, and whatever. And I went, all right, cool. Thanks. You helped. You're out. You know, because, you know, I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel. Well, then you're not going to work well in a team. You're a jackwad. Anyway, I mean, but that session zero helped me to – you know, I, if we just showed up that first night, have your characters ready, here's how many points to spend in champs or whatever, it would have been a debacle, you know. And so definitely I would say as far as tools to help avoid some of this drama, Session Zero is a brilliant idea, I think, anyway. And that can avoid some of the some drama. Yeah, and one of the problems is sometimes it's not the player that's the problem, it's the character. Like this yes. guy is like, I work alone. Well, there's 10 freaking people here. You're not going to be Wolverine going off by yourself. So, boom, yeah. that's out. Yeah. And so, uh, and it, how many times have I dealt with problematic characters, not yeah. the player, through the years? Brilliant. Well said, sir. Because I've seen two recent campaigns where one player, these are, the same players are at both tables, but the one character at one table is like, ugh, we all hate that character. And then the other guy on the other play night, ugh, we all hate his character. And so, it's kind of when you need to – kind of understand that it's all good i mean role playing is wonderful it really is but you have to ask yourself well yeah you want to role play a character but is it stinky pete the goblin who's running around farting everybody's face you might think that's funny or that that's role playing or something but that's just a comedic bit and that gets old after a while let's see some growth out of stinky to where he hangs out with the humans and he quits farting at people's faces and he starts to take on a, a more heroic role. And wouldn't that be a neat role-playing concept to see the growth of Stinky from a little farting, little pulling his finger goblin shithead to this, you know, dynamic hero. Wow, that'd be a neat journey. That's like Carol in Walking Dead or something. I mean, her progress through the show. Anyway, so if you keep, if at level 50 and you're still running around farting people's faces, you got to know people are hating your guts and don't want to play with you probably, you know. Yeah, and like I say, for running a game, ask yourself, does it add fun? The yeah. same thing with your character. Is my character fun for everybody at the table? Or just fun for you. Is he useful? Yeah. He or she. Is it useful? Yeah. Because, I mean, there's that too. Like, I'm the cleric that never heals. Yeah. Then why do we have you? There was a guy that thought it'd be an interesting concept, you know, and I like that he's experimenting with new things, but he shows up at the table and goes, every time 
that he was called upon to do his character's job, he rolled a die six to see if he would do it or not. Yeah, that's different, but overall it's, it's not an, good different. It's annoying as frick for the people at the table. But I'm sure he was interested and amused by the, the, the concept he you know, but. Well, yeah, this is where we'll really get uh, thrown out of the gaming community, yeah, or at least I, I will. Yeah. Everybody on Facebook unfriend me. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> but some people will like to play gonzo and crazy. I'm going to touch everything in the dungeon. And I'm going to lick the walls and blah, 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 blah. Whereas I like to play a char- careful professional character most of the time. Yeah. I can play different characters. I play characters that you know, kick down the doors and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But most of the time I like to play in a more dangerous game and I like Mm -hmm. to be cautious about it. Mm -hmm. But that's old school, by the way. Yeah. But if you're that guy that you have to run through everything, find a group that they all want to play like that Mm -hmm. because you got to think, and I'm sure it's the opposite for other people that are like, I just want to run through this dungeon and you just want to hang back and hit stuff with a 10 foot pole and make sure it's safe. Right. These characters don't exist together. Mm-hmm. You come back with a new character or I'll come back with a new character. Because you have to think, you're at a table playing with your real life friends and you want to hang out with them and play these games. But if one guy's playing that really stupid character, you have to think, you know, in a real world situation or even in a fantasy world, real world situation, you'd go like, this guy's suicidal. He's going to get us all killed. You're fired. You're fired. But you know, you can't do that to your buddy Pete because he's going to be like, but I thought we were friends. We are, but your character's an idiot. i tell you what, I used to game with Gary H we've talked about and nobody in mind Alvin Taylor for years and different people came in out of the mix but one time we're all like this is a very dangerous dungeon we're like over here to one side the GM's like what are you doing and we're like well we're, we're making a battle plan we think there's a troll ahead we're not sure we might send one person here for reconnaissance but what we can do to really like why don't we set a pitfall while we're all discussing this players getting Alvin's getting bored and suddenly Alvin says his character Akbar pulls out both his scimitars and runs down the hall beating them against Leroy the woman and we were just like well there goes our battle plan and yep the troll charged out and almost decimated us where if we'd had our plan in place and we could have been a completely different fight Alvin was getting bored so we all had to suffer the consequences which is for like my style of character it would have been like you just killed yourself we're going to go back to town pick us up a new fighter we're not going to raise you try try again save your body when the troll poops you out or whatever if I'm playing a cleric if somebody is crazy Healing, doing all kinds of crazy stuff, you're not embargo. getting the heels. I'm going to save that for somebody that's playing a little smarter. Yeah, healing embargo on. Yeah, you know, classic. But, uh, yeah, I mean, no. And that's how I've had players look at Eddie like, I'm not going to heal. And he's like, not with stupid crap like that, you're not. My heels are for people that aren't doing stupid. Because that's his way of trying to just gently, gently mold nudge you, you into nudge non-stupidity. You and not jackassery, you know. So it's one of those things. Um, and, and But anyway, but you have to figure that – Someone might go, but that's where our session zero. You could think, so like, guys, I want to play a high flying, crazy Gonzo guy who's going to charge at the orc king and talk smack to the king of the realm. And, and you might go, oh boy, you know, I mean, and then maybe that's where the DM, the person go, listen, no offense, but the don't please or whatever. Or maybe if everyone's like, you know what, let's all make just stupid slapstick characters. Like one time we decided to all play half orcs. They were complete idiots. They would lick the wall and touch everything. Which was a ton of fun. And fart in the king's face and, and laugh about it and, and eat a gnome or something in the middle of town. And we had the best time, but we were all on the same page about playing these jackass half orcs. And I love those characters. And I want to play them again. Yeah, but I, that's exactly right. Yeah. Get everybody going the same way. Don't yeah. have the one guy that's 
uh, Monty Python and the rest of the guys are Lord of the Rings. Thank you. It's yeah. not going to fit. No, yeah, and it's just, it's not, you know. And that should be something that you could tell somebody. Yeah. You can come up to them and go, I love you as a person. Yeah. I enjoy playing at the table with you. Yeah. But I don't enjoy character X. Yeah. We don't want him around. Yeah. And, it, and it's honestly, a lot of times, it's not just one person. Usually everyone's looking at each other on the table like, wow, you're just oblivious to how obnoxious your character is. And these are people that are awesome people and they're great people. And when they hit their stride, they're great role players and a lot of fun. But sometimes they're out of step with the rest of the group. And it's just a square peg and a round hole, you know. So let me give you another example. Okay. So this one I think I have authorization to tell. This one is from our buddy Brian M. Oh, wow. Yep, the Northern Crew. He was telling you guys. Yeah. He was telling me about a guy that they played with, and I think I think it was Starfinder or something along those lines, mm-hmm. a sci-fi game. He busted the party spaceship because it was powered by an elemental, and the player decided elementals should be free. So he destroyed the ship, wrecked the campaign and the ship in one session. Boom. Just because he made that decision, like, I'm going to break our ship. It's a ship-based game. Yeah. So it was like, this character... Ruined everybody's fun. What a guy. So that's the thing. It's like, I don't dislike you as a person, but that character, I don't like. And mm-hmm. really, even when you kind of do the justification of, I'm role-playing, this is what my character well, would do. You're role-playing an asshole. Yeah. You know. Why wouldn't they freaking throw you out of the ship? Yeah. There's millions of times where I've thought about, man, why would this party not lynch this one member of the party out in the woods somewhere where no one would ever know? Because, you know, it's your good friend, you know, Frederico, whatever, who would be butthurt and mad. But you're like, dude, Frederico, don't bring this jackass character to the table. You know, what were you thinking? Well, I had what I thought was a cool role playing concept. It might be with the right group, but not with this group, you know. But that story reminds me of one of our classic stories with the snail cleric. I knew. I was thinking about snail cleric when you said that. So yeah. he goes in and the salt god, the, snail, or the god. snail god, hates salt. So he sees a wizard in a circle bound with this like summoning salt sort of thing, the circle. The classic, if anybody's anything yeah. about the occult, you know, or if you don't, you could probably figure out that circle of salt's keeping him locked in there. And so what does he do? He kicks the salt and says, salt is anathema to the snail lord. So it was fun for you. Oh, sure. And your character did what your character would have done, I guess. But was it fun for anyone else but you? Oh, hell no, because I'd been talking shit to the wizard because I thought he safely captured behind that circle of salt. And when that guy kicked the salt, the first thing he did was melt my little first level schlub character into just a, a scorched pile of goo with a lightning bolt. And if I remember correctly, all the rest of us just ran. Ran screaming. bye. Yeah, bye. We have no chance here. Yeah, because he's like a level 10 wizard against a bunch of first level, you know, chumps. I mean, yeah, it was night and day, not a chance. Yeah, so once again, you know, what a jerk, you know, the snail god guy. I mean, we remember him because, not because he was such a great, we remember some great role players of the years, but we remember him because he was such a jackass. Well, to tell, (laughs) you know, go back and tell our greatest hits. Yeah. There was the one guy in that Call of Cthulhu game. Oh, he was awesome. Where I was role playing my guy and he was role playing his character. There was and they were little, at odds. There was a playful and we had friction. Heat and friction yeah. with each other. Yeah. And we were fighting in game. 
But out of game, they were laughing we were like, oh, my God, great job. And the guy brought a present for Eddie the next day because he loved his role playing. He loved that he riffed with the guy in a way that didn't cross that line. It was a role playing con- conceit, you know, that he was a cop and this guy was an ex-thug or something, ex-con or whatever. Like your guy was an ex-cop, now a gumshoe. His guy was a reformed cop. But he was a believer and I was a non-believer. Right, yeah, you he were was playing like, all the- this stuff is real. And I'm like, no, I don't see any of it. None of this. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, one of those people that tries to. Deny, you know, deny, 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 deny. You know? All this crazy Cthulhu so stuff isn't as, happening. As my poor uh, pastor's sanity unraveled. <laughs> yeah, which great game. I God, I wish I knew who that yeah. guy was in that game. I someday, would, someday. Someday. The red-haired guy at like the second or third NTRPG at the Holiday Inn. I mean, that First, guy, I think. No, it was like. Well, the first one for our us. Our first one. But their second, third, second or, third, or third. third, whatever. But we just, it was Saturday and we were walk-ups, and there was during the middle. Saturday is the busiest day at any con. And in one round, there was a lot of us standing around that bought tickets that were like, well, I don't have a game. And this guy goes, I've got my Cthulhu stuff in the trunk. Uh, I can run something off the top of my head. Oh, my gosh. Top of his head, one of the best games I've ever played. But don't um, let your in-character uh, problems become out-of-character problems. Yeah. Just because you argued with a character in game doesn't mean that you hate that player now. Yeah. You know, I've I've played rogues a few times, and the rogues are gonna. I'm gonna play a rogue like a rogue. You know, he's gonna pilfer a little bit. Now, there's people that try to just blindly steal with both hands from the party. You want to you want them to get caught, and you want him to face justice and get strung up. Sure, that's a jerk. But you gotta figure a rogue. They they're from the mean streets. They're not the best guys. They're gonna, you know, skim a little off the top. And that's how I kind of play a rogue. And I had a guy one time that it just aggravated him so much the out-of-character knowledge that he played to in character, and he got so mad. Like, he stood up, ripped his character in two, stormed out, and never came back. And it's like, wow. I mean, how about you just – he could have pulled me aside and said, listen, it just aggravates me that you are stealing from the party. And I'd have said, oh, well, man, you know, it's just this is just role-playing. I mean, it's no big deal. But if he's like, man, it just it – just, I can't know why. There's must be something in my psychology that works me up. I go, you got it, man. I'll quit doing it. I mean, I'm not thin-skinned, and I don't think most people would go, hey, man, if it's that you big. You would hope. You would hope. If it's not that big a hang-up, okay, that's cool. I mean, but instead of saying something, he just ripped the character up and stormed out, you know. Yeah. There's no whole backstory to that, but I, we're already over time, so, I mean, yeah. Hey, we can go as long as we want. We're not yeah. getting paid by the minute. That's These true. guys have already checked out and started. They've already turned this off and walked away. Taking a nap. They're crying, you know, somewhere. But anyway, um, but I was trying to think of, yeah, I told you a story about the, the crazy big gaming table. But, yeah, I think that Session Zero, when you could get an idea of the player's concept, character concept, and them understand the concept of your campaign will stop a lot of this sort of, this type of drama. There may still be drama at your table. I know there's an old friend of mine that when I heard the story, he had game with the same bunch of guys for years. And he one day, because I'm hearing his, there's, I've always said there's two sides to every story. Mm-hmm. He had said that, you know, the party had turned against him. These were his friends. And they basically, one night, they, uh, what did he make? Like like an intervention. Like they, he showed up and they, they cornered him and just, you know, told him that you're a big jerk and we want you out. And he went out of there practically in tears or something. And one of the guys, the gamers, that was a good friend of his, basically was like, I'm going to or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the party fell apart, you know, or at least the table fractured for a while. And he was very, I think for years he held a grudge, and he may still to this day, I don't know. I noticed he moved out of the area where he'd been friends with these people and game with them for years, not long after this. Well, so I always heard that and thought, man, what a bunch of jerks, man. I hate those guys. Well, one time, I tell him to think of it, I really hadn't game that much over a lengthy time with this 
friend. Who's a friend? But one time we were playing in a campaign, and he showed up one night, and he was the biggest belligerent jerk and did everything he could to stymie the combats and foul people up and wouldn't give – this is 3.5. He wouldn't give flanks, you know, and that's kind of his character's dynamic and was just digging his heels in. And if everybody, the party wanted to go right, he wanted to go left. And I thought, what a butthole. And I thought, oh, this is probably what those guys were going on about. And I said, wow. I don't blame him for kicking him out of the party. I mean, that's just, that's not fun for anyone. And I don't know, I think it was his personal life had him in a rut. But again, don't bring, like, there's been times through the years where I'm like, man, I'm, God, work was bad today. I know night's game night, but I don't know if I even want to go. But I go, and the laughter at the table and the camaraderie, it brings my spirits, and it brings out my, and by the end, I'm like, man, I'm glad I came. But I'm mm-hmm. that guy. But if you're that guy that you figure you've had a bad day and you're going to take it out on everybody at the table, Stay the hell away that night, you know. Well, I'll tell a little story on here. All right. That me and you had a chat maybe a month back where I was like, this game was the worst thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. I was in a good mood, and now I'm in a bad mood because of the interactions I've had with a person. Yeah. So it was like, why am I doing this to myself? I came here to have a good time, and instead, yeah. it's the opposite. I'm having a bad time. Yeah. I think I said this in my road crew where I was road worthy or whatever thing about, you know, the, there's there's a, a litmus test, you know, a vetting thing when you're doing some of these games. Th- these games are played for fun and amusement. Nobody goes, I really want some slog drudgery you know, in my life. Let's go play this god-awful, you know, game. People do these to, to amuse, especially in 2020. We need to get away from reality. We want some fantasy. We want to be the hero. And so I can remember even I'm guilty. One time I ran a... Superheroes campaign with street level one where the players were always under the gun and always could barely eke out a win and hell lost half the time and had to slink away and lick their wounds or something. I don't know why I was in this like dark, angsty kind of mood or something as a game master. And finally the player said, dude, you're a great game master. We love you and we've played with you for years, but this thing going on right now, this isn't fun. I know for you on some level, this is the story you want to tell, and it's kind of gritty and dark, and we're supposed to be these harried, you know, borderline you know, supers, but they're like, th- th- this is, a, again, what could have rectified that? A session zero. Well, I'll tell you, yeah. just to uh, badmouth you a little bit, <laughs> I do remember there was one time that we were playing, and you were just bringing it. It was like, holy crap, what the hell happened to Matt? Yeah. And we found out what happened to Matt. Yeah. There was a personal thing several years ago. Yeah. And so. that was pouring over into the and, game and see, one time, and, one I'm, time. I'm only human, and yeah, exactly. I'll, and I'll own that, you know. I mean, but even a great yeah. GM and a great guy, yeah, it happens to everybody. You, you have an update, so try to take a step back, you know, and go. Wait a minute, what am I doing here? As but a we directly as a communicated it to you and exactly. said, "Hey, and, and did I did I storm and then off? We did found I get out, butt hurt? Did I throw a booger? Fit? Did you unfriend us on Facebook? Exactly. And that's where please, people, please be be thick skinned and realize that if people didn't give a shit about you, they just write you off. If someone's taking the time to go, is everything okay or what's going on here? Then you got to stop and think. Well, then I've, we have some connection or some camaraderie or friendship. And some here. of this is trying to take your feelings into account. Yeah, I mean, and ultimately because they're are people you know that might be on the spectrum or something that or just don't have that filter and they just be like you're a jerk get out of here or whatever i mean so we're kind of like we look at the one fact that they had the intervention with him in hindsight if he would have owned his shit right then and that's okay i'm gonna tell you this is like aa so many things in life you can't deal with the alcoholism until you admit you have a problem mm-hmm. so people need to be able to take a step back and own their shit 
And then you can go, oh, wow, I really was being a jerk. You can mend fences and come back together as friends and you can hang out, play, whatever. I mean, this is this is marriage. This is life. This is partnerships 101. You know, own your shit, your side of the street. You know, and don't get me wrong. Like I said, we're probably, we are assholes. But yeah. still, there's two sides of the story. But we're entertaining. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> But 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 you we you can't communicate and mend the fences if we don't each own our side of the street and come together and talk about it. You know, people should got to be able to like that's marriages. If you don't communicate, that ain't marriage ain't gonna work. You know, I mean, you got to be communicating. Your love language of D and D. Exactly. What is your love language? I want all the loot. You know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, there's your topic for the next one. Oh, I could tell you stories about people that stormed out of the game because they weren't getting enough loot. You oh, know. God, so many times. That's not even like, well, that's an uncommon one. No. But you, I can come from a place of playing MMOs. There are people in the dungeon. Need and greed. They were rolling need rolls on things that didn't apply to their class, and you'd be like, what are you doing? So this isn't just a, a role-playing game thing. I mean, but, you know, apparently their love language is what gifts or whatever. Anyway. So let me give you another example. Oh, gosh. We haven't beat this entirely to death yet, I don't yeah. think. If, if you're not yawning. By <laughs> well, we told you to take a break, so yeah. hopefully you're back with your cup of coffee. You, we're going to help you sleep tonight. You could do that, too. You could just put this on and yeah, just go right out. The dulcet tones of our voices. But there was one that we were talking about the other day where it was the player left the group because the GM wasn't taking any input from them. They said... Yeah. We're the third party here. This is not one of our stories, so we're just using this as an example. Yeah. But the player said that they were underleveled, that the GMing was inconsistent, mm -hmm. and that uh, the GM didn't take any input. Like, I want to do this. Well, too bad we're doing that. Yeah. You're being railroaded. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Here comes a train. So if you got that feedback from a player... What would you think? Would you be offended as a GM? If I got that? No, I wouldn't. Because the idea is, again, I'm only human, you know, and, um, but it would be a, a kind of alien because actually I want input, you know, I mean, I, I'd like to, I literally tried to, I tell you what, I, I'd like to think of one of my strengths is I kind of reading people. I can see at the end of a game session, if, if the players had a good night or not, and I, I get that instant kind of feedback. And so that's where if I kind of feel like I wouldn't bring it tonight, they might have to say anything I kind of know. And I might even reach out like like when I was running my last overarching DCC campaign, I had a lot of private communication with the players to find out what are your goals with your character? What are you wanting to do? I had to kind of drag it out of people because it's, that's not people's norm to seem to want to do that. But I think it's really a wonderful thing if you're like, this is my character's goals. This is what I want to accomplish. That's going to give me all kind of stuff to drive to pull from. For crafting adventures but it comes back to communication say between the player and the gm so yeah what do you need what are you enjoying the game if not what can you rectify that now maybe making it fun for jim might make it not so much fun for jill because of your character like i want to kill all the wildlife well jill's playing a druid that might not work jim you know? <laughs> well one thing that i'll say too is uh my notorious thing i guess would be like all the uh, note keeping of you have this many arrows and you have this many pounds of food and you have this many you don't gallons like resource of water management. That's uh, not, I've known players that love resource management and I know this guy hates resource management. So that's not fun for him, but for other people it might be, but that's no. another thing that you can figure out at session zero. Yeah, God rest his soul. Uh, Bobby, really enjoyed i mean that was part of his fun for games was resource management but i think that was one of his in life he was really good at resource management 
but uh, Brian M brought that up too the other day. He was like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to track inventories and encumbrance and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you're talking to the wrong guy. Cause I'm like, but here's a curious thing. I want to segue back to something. I'd circle back. The black hack and uh, barbarians uses the usage die. What do you think about the usage die? I love it. That's the way to do it. And lamentations basically has a thing where you have 10 slots if, once you fill that up, you're lightly encumbered. And then you have, we'll say, five more slots. And once you've done that, you're medium encumbered. And then there's five more slots, and you're heavily encumbered. Yeah. Boom. Simple, yeah. easy. And, and again, Black Hack Bottery does a thing where, um, like, for every strength point, you can carry one relatively cumbersome item, or you can carry, like, five of a smaller units of, of certain other items or whatever. So that way it's very simple. It's not like, well, no, what does this add up to uh, oh, 180 pounds? No, 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 stone weight or whatever. No, you've got, you know, yeah, you've got your strength's 13. You can carry 13 relatively cumbersome items. Oh, you have a nice backpack. That gives you two more weight slots. And it means – you see what we're doing it's, it's streamlined it's more simple and a lot less re- the usage die is brilliant too I think and definitely for someone who doesn't like resource management they're really going to enjoy that so okay I had a couple like common things that people might do that you might have to have that intervention on them these are red flags or things for you to think about yeah one of the first ones Am I'll throw I out doing there this? yes I, this podcast is your intervention so <laughs> I just watched that It's Always Sunny where they did the intervention. So you got to come out banging the pots and pans and going, got you, got you. (laughs) This one, this one is probably not you, but you've definitely seen it before. So yeah, I guess, hey, maybe this one will get you. Mm -hmm. When you go to play a game and it turns into somebody's four hour political belief speech. Oh my God. You're like, oh no, this was the opposite. We were supposed to get together and have fun. Mm -hmm. And now half the group hates this guy for being too conservative and the other half hates this guy for being too liberal because never are you going to sit the whole group down and have them agree on everything. No. And, and that's one of the things that, yeah, it's kind of like one of those things that again, I think I had to say this earlier, the game table should be a safe to use the term nomenclature from our little, our special friends, but it should be a safe space for gaming. I.e., let's come here and play the game and let's leave all the worldly bullshit behind. You know, I don't use much profanity on this podcast, but yeah, bullshit. Well, this is where it's like, leave it all at the door. The difference between real friends and game friends, Mm -hmm. you don't really know which category you're in. So once Mm -hmm. you start talking about your belief in X, Y, or Z. And people want to assume that like, well, everyone must think like I do since we all play this game or something. No, there are people all over the political spectrum and otherwise. I mean, I played D&D with people that were Wiccans and agnostics and atheists and you know, the uh, lesbians, homosexuals, I mean, you know, people of every race and type. I mean, a lot of people are getting to gaming now. So if you're only game friends, don't have that conversation, period. Smart. Yeah. If you're real friends, have that conversation another time. Yeah, not at the game table. Yeah. yeah. Because if, if nothing else, you only get so much time for gaming, and that you can really go down a rabbit hole. Even if you're all of, of the same mind, man, next thing you look up and you've wasted an hour of game time, how about get together for pizza one night or burgers or whatever and kibitz about politics or something, but don't, don't do it on game night. Yeah. And this is a similar to that is just general BSing for four hours. Whereas maybe somebody that we knew didn't get much social interaction. So a lot of times the four or five hours of gaming turned into their four or five hours of just trying to chit chat Mm-hmm. and tell you about, oh, the latest movie or this, that, and the other. Okay, social hour is going to happen a lot of times. Like when sure. we would sit around and be like, oh, we did 30 or 
minutes to an hour of Skyrim before we started the game because we were just chit-chatting. I wasn't playing Skyrim. Everyone else at the table was. The first 45 minutes to an hour would be Skyrim, and all of a sudden someone would look up, and i am got my chin resting on my hand. I'd be like, and they'd be like, we're sorry, Matt. And I'd be like, I'm vicariously living through you, and you guys, this is about having fun. Y'all seem to be wild-eyed enthused talking about Skyrim. I'm cool with that. You but know? if you're the only person talking about it ding, ding, ding. for the whole session, ding, ding, ding. people are trying to get a game in here too, mm-hmm. so give that some consideration take that to heart if you're that guy or if you know that guy yeah maybe that's one where you want to gently maybe tell them yeah or not because you don't want to hurt their feelings well but this we're trying there you go yeah but that's like i will say about gary h he's the guy who'll be like stop them all right come on guys focus you know we're here to play a game you know gary's there to play a game anyway yeah and then back again to Making sure that you're not the jerk at the table, because mm-hmm. you might be. Oh, yeah. So try to recognize your behaviors when you're there, mm-hmm. and then do that. apply that again to your character. Is your character the jerk in the party? And that can be okay to an extent. Yeah. You can be bender, bending Rodriguez. Yeah. Okay, if you're useful that and entertaining. scamp, yeah. But if you're just the guy that is a bump on a log, mm-hmm. or you're splitting the party all the time so that you can go do this or you have to have every magic item. Yeah. Like, I, let's, let's, no, I'll, thanks. I'll say it. When we were playing, um, uh, the, uh, America wasteland Smith, eh, you know, not everybody at the table likes Smith. So, you know, they loved him. Oh, they loved him. Sure. But he was only the driver. True. I liked when you always accuse everybody of being a cannibal. That was fun. That amused me. As a game master, as long as I'm amused, you know, but anyway. But talking about that game, somebody was getting all the loot, weren't they? They sure were. And everyone loves that. Yeah. Don't be that person. You know, don't be that person. You you, got to, you got to share. Because think about it. If if everybody's got some cool stuff, the party as a whole is more effective. That one guy's got all the loot. He's the one that falls into the lava. (laughs) You know, it's like, and honestly, a lot of times it's like, the party would be better suited if you'd spread whatever that loot is around or that Benny or something. Well, that know? goes back to the old, like, need or greed where the wizard is going to take the magic item, take the magic sword or whatever, and it's like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you give that to the fighter? The fighter who will give we all become usage. stronger this way. Yeah. Because well, if he goes down, yeah. then you go down, mm-hmm. then I go down, and then it's a TPK. But the fighter might, the wizard might say, "Well, I'll be more effective. You'll be more effective, but the fighter's way more effective." Yep. You think about it. I've seen the people that get aggravated that like, "Well, I want my character to be good at everything." No, no. If you were, you don't need a party. That's the beautiful thing about role playing games is the synergy of the party. They complement each other and they shore up each other's weaknesses. That's why that that's the driving force to have a party and play with a group. You know whatever but anyway yeah all right so hopefully we've given you some tips to fix these situations and what to do if you find yourself in these situations and i mean it's not you if you're the jerk Mm -hmm. but keep in mind do people enjoy your character are you a fun person to be around you don't got to be all laughs and smiles but when you come to the table try and Help other people have fun. Yeah, I mean, I think it's okay if you wanted to play a character who's brooding or something, but just 
there's a line, you know? Be useful. If right. you're going to be brooding, be useful. Yeah, because you think about real-world circumstances. If there was a guy that at my workplace that was kind of jerky, but if I'm, man, when I need a hand, he's he's there, I might take up for the guy who was like, that guy's jerky. Yeah, he's jerky, but when you need a hand, you got to admit old so-and-so, you know I mean? So, yeah, make sure your character – I mean, you know, like we're talking about Bender as an example. He's a scamp, but, you know, he had his – Strengths, you know. Or if you're playing in a game where there's only one wizard in the world, mm-hmm. okay, they got to put up with you because that's how it is. Yeah, but even then, still not try to be just over the top obnoxious or something. But other than that, if it's not that way, if it's a normal RPG world, clerics are pretty much just around the corner. Thieves are right around the corner. Yeah, those people that did like Dorkness Rising or whatever, one of their internet vignettes was this thing about this cowardly wizard and he's constantly running away and i'm sure they thought this was a great concept i tried to watch it i couldn't get through it because the guy's constantly screeching and wailing and running away and hiding behind a tree and i was like all right this is getting long in the tooth and i just didn't like the concept it may be fun for you but is it fun for everybody and speaking along in the tooth yeah we hope you enjoyed this one we hope you'll give us a lot of feedback on this one because tell us your stories we'd like to hear them yeah and and give us some tips and or your your how did you handle it argue with us say you're wrong about every damn thing but we want feedback we're thick-skinned like we talked about. and if you were the jerk yesterday or today that doesn't mean you have to remain the jerk awareness of being the jerk is also what we're getting at here yeah Definitely. I mean, take a step back and analyze your own behavior, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's because it's all about gaming and everybody having fun at the game table, right? Right. Right. Okay. So with that said, this is officially our longest episode. Wow. So we hope you enjoyed it. Even if you had to take it in bits and pieces Yeah. and we will see you next time because I can see we're all out of hit points, like a zero level character. Ah.